It's the TD Fantasy. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Hold on a second. I got to We've been doing the show for We're about ten. Supposed to get twenty minutes in. Dude. Well, I, yeah, but about ten uh, seconds in, and I'm getting a little withdrawal. So, like, fact- I can't I can't pay attention to what you guys are saying to me right now, even though I'm being paid millions of dollars to, to play football or to do this podcast. So, the, um, the I'm thing, gonna take a break. I'll, I'll be right back, guys. The so thing that out. y'all need to know about Jamie is that he's the quickest dude of all. He he always has a joke ready to go. Like I I didn't I didn't prepare them. He's always ready to go with a joke, and it leads right into our first topic, which is. Cliff Kingsbury, new head coach, first-time NFL coach, first experience as a coach in the NFL in general. No, I need to say that out loud multiple times so people know, okay? Gets fired from Texas Tech, had some things that he thought worked there that he's going to bring into the NFL. One of those rules is during meetings, every 20 to 30 minutes when he sees guys kind of mentally checking out, looking like they need a social media fix, he's going to allow them to have breaks, during all of their meetings to go check in on social media. Boys? I got nothing. <laughs> um, look, the, the Cardinals are going to be bad next year, and this is not one of the reasons why, but I don't – look, I, look I, we're all millennials. Yeah. We all uh, are. No, we all are. Not uh, sure. Jake's, not a, Jake's not a millennial. No, Jake's just outside. Hell claiming that. Jake's yeah. just outside the, the technical range, but – I, I get it. I, I get what the thought process here is. It just I don't know that it does much for anybody. I think really. it's probably actually a good thing. Okay. I personally think social media is the downfall of society, but <laughs> I think this is probably a good thing. These, these the kids in the locker room, which the twenty-one to twenty-six-year-old group, older guys probably not so much, but they might want to check on their kids or in with their wife or whatever during the day, which you usually couldn't do. I get it. They want to go take a break. Maybe it's a five-minute go check your cell phone break. I mean, you're paying them millions of dollars to treat them like college kids, but it might work. It might actually be a good thing. I, I think it's, it's odd, but – And I guess you, you try it and see. I mean, are, is the, are they more attentive in the back half of meetings now? Do you yeah. see giving them those breaks? I mean, if, if that's true, if that bears out, then sure, it's a great idea. If it's not, then – Call me a non-millennial old school. This is their damn job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at it from the thirty minute every thirty minute cell phone break. No, in any other job anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it probably is a good thing though. You keeping these guys' attentions and meetings is look. You have less practice time than you used to. Yeah, meetings are vitally important. Walkthroughs are vitally important. I feel like this. I feel like Cliff just needs to check his cell phone every thirty minutes because he's got to update his Tinder profile for Scottsdale area. So that's why I doubt doubt he has to update anything. No, he's just swiping a lot on Tinder nonstop. That's that's my that's my. I'm not touching that. That's my conclusion. That's that's, feel feel free. That's me and Mike Golick Jr. had a nice discussion this morning about how our uh, we look at this and evaluate and go, huh, interesting, Cliff. Wonder if you want to look at your cell phone every thirty minutes. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder why that is happening. Uh, the other conversation I want to have with you guys, and this is a this is an important one, right? And I'm I'm very happy about this, and that is that Bruce Arians has hired females on his staff, and he was the first guy to have Jen Walter. Um, what was that? Three four years ago, he had he hired her as a as an intern. Um, 
there was a big topic of discussion at the women's symposium back at the NFL combine about getting more female scouts, getting more female coaches. And one of the things that happened while they were there was a conversation about how women, and I can say this because I am a woman, tend to, <laughs> tend to be, tend to be a little bit more timid about things that they want. And Bruce gave great advice. And that was for every 500 resumes that he gets, he gets none from women usually. Nobody sends him resumes. Nobody, nobody's emailing things. Nobody's sending him things. And he said, and, and, and I can say this because this is the truth. For every one time that a guy has to do something, usually I had to do it three or four times before I was able to have that opportunity. And he gave the best advice possible. He sat there and asked and nobody raised their hand. People were timid. No, there are plenty of women that want to be coaches, scouts. They want to work in the NFL, but they, they're timid to ask for those opportunities. And, and you should never be timid to ask for those opportunities because nobody is going to give, nobody's going to walk up to your door and knock on your door. Hey, I want to hire you to be a scout in the NFL. That's not how this works. No, it's not. Trust me. It's not, not how, how it works. No, it's not how it works in the NFL. It's not how it works in any profession. So if you're trying to get a job in the NFL, if you're a female that's listening to this podcast and you want to be a sports broadcaster or you want to work for a team, if you want to scout, Every time I'm at an NFL event, and I mean this without a, without a doubt, every NFL event I've ever been to, I always get guys coming up to me and handing me resumes, tapes, scouting reports, things that they have in, an, in, in any chance that they can get any bit of an opportunity. And I know there's women that want to do this stuff. So you got to put the work in because there are opportunities. And I wanted to give a moment to, to Bruce to talk about this. And Jake, I know you could talk more on it, but this is a big deal. It's a big deal that that he's doing this. It's a huge deal. I mean, it goes back farther than that. He was the first coach in NFL history. He had two minority coordinators in, in Todd Bowles and Harold Goodwin with the Cardinals the first time. And then the first guy to ever hire a female in Jen Walter, yep. uh, who has a PhD yeah. and played professional football. Yep. Was very qualified for that job. And then gets the, the Tampa job. is the first time he ever had three minority coordinators, minority head, assistant head coach, and now has two full-time females on the staff. Because he doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care what gender you are. If you can do the job and help them win, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. That's how I grew up, which is kind of a cool thing and something that's very I'm very proud of that he's doing this. I don't know why it doesn't get anywhere near as much attention. When the end of the season, all we heard about yeah. was minority candidates and how do we further the cause and whatever else. Well, there's somebody that's doing it. Yeah. There's somebody that's not talking the talk. They're walking the walk. Mm-hmm. They're actually doing it and have been doing it for a long period of time. You know, I, I love, too, like the, I don't think a big enough deal was made for the Raiders last year and, and San Francisco 49ers having full-time ladies in the strength in the strength and conditioning big program, deal. which is one of the females that he hired now. Uh, but I think there should also be more scouts, more women in the front office, more women in sales. I mean, the NFL is not just who coaches and goes on the field. Absolutely not. Your, your ticket sales, your executives, your COOs, your CFO, the cap. Yeah. How many women in finance that are brilliant, they could learn the salary cap nuances, could be doing that kind of job. Maybe it's not on the field, but they're an NFL executive. For sure. Which is a giant deal. They have a, they have a seat at the table. Yeah. That's what matters. The goal right. here is to get the novelty of this to go away. Yeah. It's not. This is not a special occasion. No. It's not like, oh, well, we, there's one coach that's happened to do it, and it becomes more prevalent throughout the league. And as all of these sports leagues delve deeper and deeper into analytics and deeper and deeper into the finance, into the, either the salary caps or luxury taxes, depending on what type of league it is, there's no reason why this can't be more diverse. Yeah. Because at that point, you, you can't rely on the, oh, well, but they, they you know, their dads didn't coach in the league. Or they weren't well. Okay, they didn't need to to do all of those jobs. Yeah. And 
Well, I mean, to, to me, it's it's something, you know, we've seen Bruce Arians do for, for years now. And I'm going to use this word because he used this word. He truly doesn't give a shit. No, he said Where, it. What your background is, what you, what race you are, what gender you are. If, oh, he, if you can do the job and you can help him and his staff win football games, he's proven time and time again he will find a spot for you. It's, it's the direct quote that I'm looking at, and I'm going to say the language because he said the language. Who gives a shit about gender? It's the truth. And it's as, as, if, as a female, I can say that. It's I look forward to the day that there is a woman hired in sports, in whatever, and it doesn't say first female coach. It just says coach hired to insert. Right. That's the headline. It's not – it's the same way I feel like openly gay athlete. I just want it to get to a point where it's just – that's just it's just the yeah, norm. I mean, shout out to Greg Popovich who's done yes. the same thing. Absolutely. Shout Huge. out to Amy Trask, one yep. of the first women pioneers in the NFL, and continues to push the boundaries in the and NFL as a rock star. What she did and does. It's about opening up your mind because the reality is there's one truism in sports that's never going to go away. The most important thing that you're tasked with doing is winning. Yeah. And it's your job to search everywhere, far and wide. To, give, to put the, the players, the personnel, the managers, the front office staff, depending on where you are on, on the executive totem pole, to get the best people in each position to win games. Yeah. And if that is a woman, uh, that is a heterosexual male, uh, a homosexual male, transgender, it doesn't matter. Your job yeah. is to find the right people yeah. to win you football games. I hear all the time, winning is the only thing that matters Unless I know a guy, unless he's my friend, or this shout guy. out to the alliance, the, the you yeah. know, AAF. Yep. There's multiple full time female coaches. Yeah, they did a nice job of that whole league. I think is going to be of the progression of offensive linemen, quarterbacks, guys sure. that are trying to make it to the league, still playing professional football. But it's also giving a lot of coaches full time opportunities to have your own room, not as an intern. I mean, the problem with female coaching in the past is that girls don't grow up playing football. Yeah. It's not necessarily the case anymore. Jen Walter played football for a yeah. long time, was professional, has a PhD. Uh, one of the ladies my dad hired has been coached for 30 years. Yeah. She's been doing this a long time. For sure. And came highly, highly recommended. And, you know, it, but that's that's one of the issues and one of the uncomfortable things for most people because they don't want to open their minds and say, okay, maybe you've only done this for a little while. That doesn't mean you're not great at something. Yeah, no. Um, has, look at all the coaches that were just hired. I was going to say, look at all the were, young guys that didn't have tons of experience yeah. that are already having success. Like that's, that's not really the excuse. And I think the way Jamie said it is the best way to bring it to the table is if you can help, it doesn't matter who you are. And that's the, just group. open, open your mind to the possibilities. Yeah. That's, that's the, the Bruce Arians philosophy. And the funniest part of this whole thing is he's an old white dude and he thinks like what? this. Nobody has excuses. He's an old. He's is an he old. old? One. Yeah, he's old. Don't tell him that. No, he's the he's the the young at heart. But he's like, you know what I mean? Like he's 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 a, he's a grandfather. Yeah. He's a grandfather, and he so nobody has authentic. an excuse. Exactly, he's authentic. His his mission is to win football games. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And if if there's somebody out there that can help him win football games, player, coach, whatever it is, he is going to bring them on if he can. For sure. He also embraces. You know, shout out to Darcy Glazer and the Glazer family, also, yep. and the Buccaneers Big for time. being as open minded as they are to wanting to further this, be progressive for as sure. an organization. I mean, this it wouldn't have happened without their support. No, Absolutely. embracing so his vision. Yeah. They're all in. like, yeah. th- th- there hasn't been a buzz around the Buccaneers in a number of years. Yeah, even when they were decent, there yeah. wasn't a buzz around this team. No, because it's Tampa. They're seizing an opportunity. Yep. There's there's a lot of buzz. They've put together a great coaching staff. They have a roster that's on the brink of being able to do something. 
they're deciding, you know what, we're going to step back and be open-minded and say, we're, we hired, we hire people we trust yeah. to run this organization. Let them run this organization. And let's see what happens. Including decisions like this. And not only, not only, not only letting that happen, but embracing it. That's a bit, there are two yes. different things. And, yes. and there will be more things to come in the future that you'll see that will back up exactly what I'm talking about. Um, let's talk about the last thing here before we get into the rule changes. And that is kind of the way the, uh, the fallout of AB, the Juju uh, backing up Big Ben. Jamie, if you could pull up the tweet. That, so we have exact verbiage, um, and then I know there was some subtweeting that was happening. Now this is this is what the NBA does great that the NFL is now kind of diving into, and that is the off season drama that continues to get people interested. It's, it, and honestly, in the NBA, it happens during the season as yes. well, where it's like it's the best it's the best show that's happening is all the stuff that's happening on social media. It's all the, the subtweeting and the liking and unliking. It's the commenting. The, the NBA does it better than anybody else yes. because they let their players do what they want, right? Yeah, and, everybody else is playing catch-up. Like we've correct. seen a little bit in the other leagues, but nobody compares. Here's a tweet from Juju Smith-Schuster's on the 25th. Uh, it's, a, it's a picture of him hugging Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, with the quote, I was so blessed to enter the league and play with a Hall of Fame QB as a 20-year-old. Ben has taught me so much. He's a true leader, and I can't wait to rock with my guy this season. So, while while I've seen kind of everywhere all over social media, Juju plays the game well, right? Right. Juju plays the game well. Because this is endures him to his fan base, right? His Pittsburgh Steelers fan base that loves loyalty. Loves. They, they, they throw the loyalty word around so much, more than any other fan base I have ever mm-hmm. seen. It is this is the Steeler way. This is how we do things, right? And and Juju gets that. Juju, is, yes. Juju has is, embraced that. He has embraced that. The other part of this is there's a little part of me that if you – I don't know if either of you saw what Larry Fitzgerald said about Antonio Brown. But it was a couple of weeks ago. It was before he got traded. But Larry Fitzgerald – and I'm paraphrasing. But he basically said Antonio Brown should be really thankful for the quarterback that he's been playing football for a long time. And Larry would know. Because you know what happens? Not everybody has a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing them the football their entire career. Sometimes John Skelton, John Navarre. You want to keep going? You want to keep going? Max Hall. Max Hall. You want? I mean, uh, but, hey, yeah. look at the quarterbacks that have been throwing the football to Larry Fitzgerald, and I guarantee you he would say in a second, I would 100% have Big Ben as my quarterback to lead my locker room and have that guy. Look, A.B.'s happy. Until probably August, not. August 10th. <laughs> and he, there'll be issues. 100%. Have their issues. But he got paid. That yep. day he wanted to get paid. He wanted to be gone. He's gone. Lady on Bell, you didn't ever show up and no. left. And we've already talked about that. Gone. Steelers don't care. The way the Steelers do things for 85 years or whatever it is now, yeah. they do it the Steeler way. They've asked Ben to take this position to be this guy to be the front of it. They haven't handled it that great. And no. him having to go in the media and do this stuff for the organization, in my opinion, is not the greatest thing ever. But that's what they wanted to do. And he's the quarterback. It's built, built around him for a long time. He's not going anywhere until he decides to be done. Hey, look, the rest of those guys, keeping A.B. on that contract is not great for them. Keeping Le'Veon Bell on that contract is not great for them. You can't be that good. That They're going to be fine. they got some defensive holes to fill. We've talked about that. I like what Mike Tomlin said. We want volunteers on hostages. It's the truth. Peace out. 
No. Be, be done. I, I love the way Juju handled it. Juju said it. Just playing the game, but it's being smart. And you, you know yourself to your quarterback and your fan base and said, look, I'm all in. Let's do this. And he knows this is a transition year for Juju. This is this is the moment in his career where he can take a step in one season to being a megastar. Yep. This is his opportunity. Yep. And he's not going to do that without Ben Roethlisberger. 100%. So this is this is the perfect opportunity to say, you know what? This t- the biggest downfall of that team last year was all of the distractions. Yeah. That team was way more talented than the nine wins that they put up there. But they had all that distraction, all, all that And it started turmoil. in the offseason. It started before they even cooked the football off. So now let's rally around it. Those guys are gone. The two guys, the two biggest guys that were the problem are gone. Are gone. You've re-signed your offensive lineman. You've bolstered mm-hmm. what you want to be good at. Everybody else that's theirs in, there should not be any more drama in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's – Rally around your team. Again, create that narrative. Still talented. Yes. So, I mean, it's not like – But create the same narrative the Patriots created around them. Nobody believes in us. Everyone loves the Browns now. They say we're dysfunctional. They said the Steelers' era is over. We suck. Ben can't play anymore. Our best players are not on the team. You can create that narrative now, and they are talented enough to, if they believe that, this is still a team that can do playoff damage. They're still yeah. a top five offense. Yes. And in today's game, that's all you need to win 10 games. So the defense can play any, anywhere. They draft well. Defense plays decent. And they're still a team to watch out for. Until, until Ben retires, I'm not checking out of that team. No. I'm no. just not. Like, I, I'm sorry, he but I'm not. never got enough credit for being as good as he is. Yeah. And he's – I saw – some sports media people, which I will not name on this podcast, but you can go find them uh, because they are in the comments section on Juju saying that Big Ben is a, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I would like to revoke your sports media card because I don't, I don't under- even have to think about that. No, it's not. A, it's not questionable. It, it's it's honestly it's it, if, if you're Juju's that like biased. Hot take artist. Oh, 100 percent. It's not I, I, I don't want to give it too much time, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even touching. No, that. it's so it's, it's so dumb. Literally. It's so dumb. You, you you can decide you don't like somebody on a personal level, but you can't be that ridiculous. No, I mean I, this is pretty simple. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. Same, same same Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's that's not even debatable. No, and Ben Roethlisberger is twice the quarterback Eli Manning is. Yes. Uh, okay. Quick shout out to Jordy Nelson. Great career. Yeah. Um, he retired officially and. If you think that you can't play. I personally think he has a lot left. So yeah, do I. I was really impressed last year coming down the stretch. I know I've said it in the last couple podcasts. He came off a knee injury on a terrible team, became a leader. It was really good down the stretch. I had some big games. Maybe he's just taking a break here. Like maybe he's, you know, wants a few weeks off. Maybe he's a midseason guy. I mean, he stays in shape. Who knows? But I just want I want to read this because this is this is a for anybody that wants to be inspired to play in the NFL, Jordy Nelson should be kind of your poster boy. Jordy Nelson grew up on a farm in a 500-person town in the middle of Kansas. He was 5'10", 130-pound quarterback as a sophomore in high school. He eventually blossomed into a a county player of the year, an all-state basketball player, a state champion in the 100-meter, 200-meter, and 400-meter dash. He had two college offers, both from D2 schools. He walked on at K-State selling cows that he had raised to pay for school. He redshirted, switched to DB, then switched to wide receiver and rode the bench for an entire year. By that time, he was a senior, and he was a consensus All-American. He's retiring as a former All-Pro, Pro Bowler, Comeback Player of the Year, and Super Bowl champion with a career-receiving stat line of 613 receptions, close to 9,000 yards, and 72 touchdowns, a shining example of perseverance and commitment. That's insane. That the, that story is that's awesome. That's why he was so good down the stretch yep. last year, because he doesn't know any better. No, he's a farm boy. Yeah. 
through and through. That's why he was so good in Green Bay. He just fit that mentality and what they do. And I kind of thought they might, when he was released, I kind of thought they might bring him back, try and, I mean, he's Aaron and Aaron is, has said multiple, that's his guy. Like him yeah. and Jordy, that is his guy. And I, I think he has really some well left. Too. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah. But, you know, good. If he's done, he's done. Yeah. I'm never going to knock a guy knowing their bodies a hell of a lot better than we do. What it yep. takes to actually play on Sundays. He made a lot of money. Yeah. But shout out to Brad Kelly for putting that together on, on Twitter because I think that's awesome. We always hear all the negative stories. Yeah. So I like giving a, a good Absolutely. example of a positive one because Jordy is a, a hard worker, a guy who was small, undersized, didn't go to a big school, walked on. I mean, selling cows and I mean, it's just it, it's a, such a good story that had to give it a had to give it a minute there. All right, let's talk about the new NFL rules. So, the last few days, the NFL ownership teams, the GMs, the coaches have all been here in Phoenix, Arizona, discussing multiple things, uh, including one that passed unanimously the replay of pass interference almost unanimous. almost unanimously, unanimously by the coaches 31 to 1 in the ownership the Bengals were the one to vote against it and unanimously in the competition committee so and that being that being interesting couple of days interesting couple of days coming off of one of the most controversial calls in 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 NFL history with the New Orleans Saints obviously not getting a call that would have impacted the end of the game and put them in the Super Bowl against the LA Rams you guys surprised by this at all or not not, no, I'm a little surprised actually. Just talking to my dad the other day about the coaches being all in, but they didn't think they'd even get it on the ownership docket before the meetings ended. They didn't want it to go till May. To really, I mean, in a four or five hour span, them creating meetings to get this done, and the competition committee coming around. They were apparently at a four four standoff the night before. Even yeah, and the coaches stayed in extra for a couple hours. That all 32 coaches were for this. And they finally went to a vote. I, I'm kind of shocked that they got it done. I, I think it's fantastic. Roger yeah. Goodell came out yesterday and said, no, he thought it was very important that it got done now. Um, and, and I think for once, they got it right for the betterment of the game. They got something done early without letting politics get involved or anything else. This is better for the game. And when all 32 coaches were on board with that, yeah, that tells you what they think is the best for the game. For and sure. Getting this done is huge, especially coming off of what happened in the NFC Championship. Yeah, it is huge. The, the thing that I – one, this needed to happen. But the thing I still want to see is how this plays out, particularly at the end of the game. So now that it's challengeable means that they can call for replay at the booth. Are we going to get a situation where the last two minutes of an NFL game feel like an NBA game? That's my only concern. I still think this is a good rule. Quite possibly. It still has to be implemented, right? We don't know. There's going to be nuances to the rule throughout the the implementation stage of this, but it's going in for this year. Yes. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, yeah, because I want to see how that plays out. I want to see what happens with Hail Marys at the end of the game. We always joke that there's pass interference on every Hail Mary. Now that's reviewable. Yeah. What's the threshold for that going to be? Is that going to, again, I, I'm always the person that whenever any rule changes in sports, I think of the five ways you can exploit. Yeah. That's always, that's always where my mind goes. So I'm just curious to see in practice how this works out. Overall, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. We need to, these are game changing plays and sometimes they're more game changing than stuff that you already can challenge. Yeah. So it is important that this is there. I just kind of want to see. Does this get taken advantage of, particularly late in games? And do we have this, this period where it's going to take 15 minutes to get through the final minute and a half of the football game now? Yeah. Possibly. And it will be interesting to see how the implementation stage of this goes. It's going to be growing pains. You know. Judgment calls, and these guys all see things a different way. So even if it is reviewed, it's still going to be dependent on who's reviewing it. Is it in New York? Does replay official locally on site have more say in what's going on? I don't know, but I'm glad they got it all done. I mean, it's. 
one of the most atrocious non-calls in the history of the NFL cost a team from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That can't happen. No, that can't so happen. Even if, it, even if we add some time throughout the season, even if there's some hiccups, which there always will be, to fix, that won't happen again. Yeah. Not, that, to me, that's that's vitally important getting this done. 100%. Uh, the elimination of blindside blocks. They're, basically, the NFL is getting pretty close to the targeting rules in college football. You're going to be able to – there was only one ejection this year. Uh, if you remember, it was like week five. One of the Chiefs players punched somebody and he was ejected. We're getting pretty close. Yeah, it was Chris Jones yeah. um, was ejected in week five. Now they're going to the order of ejection for players for flagrant uh, flagrant football acts as well. So the hit of a neck to a defenseless player. This is just getting basically the NFL it's, closer yeah, to targeting. You can still block guys blindside, but you can't head, shoulder, forearm. Yeah. You can't lay guys that end people's careers. Yeah, yeah. I'm older, so I still kind of go eh as part of football, but. It really does. I mean, it puts guys on the shelf. It knocks guys out for weeks. It, it changes people's careers. There's concussions. I mean, Heinz Ward hit Keith Rivers, I think it was, from the, the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals back in the yeah. jaw. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff shouldn't happen. I mean, it was, at the time, it was a legal hit. That's yeah. how Heinz played, which yeah. is one of the reasons the Steelers were so good, because they were that damn tough. And you for knew sure. when you played them, you were going to be sore until Thursday. Taking a little bit of that out, but I'm not for ending guys' careers earlier, people breaking jaws and that kind of stuff. So this is good. It's, it's This is another one, though, that's going to be – Man, you're talking about guys playing really fast and know, really big dudes split playing second, really yeah, fast. Split I think some guys are going to get hurt trying to dodge some guys that they normally would block, and that's going to be a shame too. But I, I think this one had to go in as well. Yeah, the goal here is can you make incrementally make the game safer in areas that don't fundamentally change the way you play the game? Yeah, and I think that's always the goal because you're never football's never going to be safe. Period. Yeah. There's just there's no way. You know, I, I've watched guys break bones in two-hand touch. Football is not going to be safe. Yeah. A bunch of people moving around. Yeah. But can you make incremental changes that don't change the fundamentals of the game that can make it appreciably safer? That's the goal here, and this yeah. is another one of those. Yeah, and I think the the other one that we're going to talk about here is the kickoff changes that they did last year. They've now made permanent um, in direct correlation with 38% reduction in concussions they've seen this year. So I don't think that's – I'm not surprised to see that. I know they did it as a trial, basically a trial run last year, and they are making it permanent now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're a couple years away from kickoffs being eliminated completely. And I think that's one of the reasons, going back to the Alliance Football League, mm-hmm. um, the NFL having, if, if they have ties to it, they have, they're really closely watching. It's a good test case. That they want to implement. I was a former kicker that had a really strong leg, so I'm not big on kickoffs yeah. going to take it out of the game. But it is drastically reducing concussions. I mean, the guys that I knew when I played, the wedge was still the thing, yeah. right? There's a special teams guy and a guy that looked at being a special teams coach and have a lot of them as close friends. The wedge was the way to go. And if you were a wedge buster, it's a great way to make an NFL team. But it was a really bad way to finish the rest of your life because none of those dudes yeah, no, made it through that without having consequences later on in life. Yeah. Your whole job was – you're 230, 240, 250 pounds. Run as fast as you can into those four dudes that are all yeah. 300 pounds. Yeah, no, well, ask on. It, it didn't end up very Professional well. Professional Red Rover. Yeah, ask Ron Wolfley about that. Yeah. It's yeah. The, a lot of those stories you're looking at and you're going, yeah, I get it, but like, nah, we should probably, it's probably not best for the game, right? Yeah. It doesn't impact the game all that much. It does, because the wedge was, the wedge wouldn't have existed if it wasn't the best way to return a kickoff. Yes. Yeah. And to be able to, that wedge buster hits the wrong part of the wedge and the, that hole pops. And you return it. There's not a lot of kickoffs for touchdowns. Yeah. But they're also back to the 35, so you have a ton of touchbacks. And now you got teams yeah. that are trying to hit pop-ups to the one or the two. Yeah. Because you can't run the wedge, and you're getting guys inside the 20, inside the 25. 
I like it. I mean, it, it's it is what it is. It's, yeah. it's, yeah. getting, it's getting safer in a way that doesn't really impact it that yeah. much. So let's talk about the the biggest rule change that's been moved to the spring meetings, which is in May, May 20th, and that is the overtime changes. So in light of what happened in the AFC championship game, there was a lot of outrage about the fact that the New England Patriots get the coin toss, they get the ball, they go and score a touchdown, game is over. We never see, mostly from an entertainment perspective, as a person who didn't really care who won the game, I really wanted to see Patrick Mahomes in overtime, right? And that's, at the end of the day, football is entertainment. College football has different rules. I don't think we're going to get all the way there. But what this rule would be is that both teams would be able to have an opportunity to score. And they, that's what they, they would They implemented change. that a couple years ago, and I liked it. They took it from 15 minutes down to 10. And if you kicked a field goal, the other team got a chance to go win. Yes. Or tie. Yes. But they kept it if you scored a touchdown, touchdown first. I think they're probably going to take that away and reverse it. There's no way we're going towards the college system. No, I mean, not all the way. I don't think they should, actually. Yeah. No. I, I said on the show, I, I would like to just play another quarter. Yeah. I play another full quarter. Act like it's the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter rules, fourth quarter timing. And, I, I, and maybe maybe to 10 minutes. I don't think you can play another 15 minutes. It's, so many guys are going to get hurt from bodies breaking down, going past the threshold of what's capable at a high level to play a fifth quarter. Because, look, when you're talking about regular season stuff, you play. Well, I'm in postseason. I think in the postseason. Go yeah, I mean, I, I can get to that, too. But you still got to play yeah. the next week. I mean, if this is a, you know, a divisional round or a wild card, you play a full fifth quarter, you got no chance to win the next week. Yeah. But if you play 10 minutes, but, yeah. it's, it's not one of those that much different. I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. it's got to be something. So what's the ideal scenario, then? You said your ideal scenario. Let's do regular like season that, and I, I, I like Let's play 10 more minutes. Yeah, and play another wins. quarter, fourth quarter rules, yeah. and, and just and go see. Because the odds of a team getting a 10 or if you go full quarter, 12, 13, 14, it just it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, You're going to get – the other team's going to get an opportunity to have the ball. And to me, if you say, well, we only got the ball with two minutes left, well, too bad. But then you can say, well, you should have stopped them sooner. Yeah. But you have an opportunity. You can score on one offensive play. So you've got the opportunity. What do we do if it's still tied? Well, at the end, of, I think in the regular season, it just goes back to ties. Same way. Yeah, no, but I think, yeah. That, that's in the postseason, the then. You Add another five minutes? Yeah. To then go to the college rules if it's tied after 10. But you could go four more overtimes. Well, I played in a five-overtime game. Or to me. Overtime first one in college. Yeah. Or, or, or to me, you do the 10 minutes in, in overtime, and then you go to sudden death. Because then at that point, you've played 70 minutes of football. At that point, I have less sympathy for, you know, you just have the opportunity. Yeah, like, yeah you had an opportunity. You could always take away extra points. Yeah. In overtime, you have to go for two. Yeah. That's See, I like that idea, too. Just the entire overtime period. period. So something that ends it, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's just an increased chance of ending it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, that one's going to be a serious discussion as well. I'm glad they got something done at these meetings. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a big deal. Because a lot of times, it gets tabled, it gets tabled again. Nothing is done in May. Nothing happens for the next season. Yeah. So it was a yeah. big deal that they got something done. The coaches are all very happy that that, that part at least got done. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think for us, the, the biggest thing that I'm always looking for from the rule stuff, because, listen, we're going to complain about the refs no matter what, because it's not perfect. It, there's a lot of things that I think that they could do. Jake and I have talked about it on the podcast. Jake's talked about it a lot things that can make this the system with the referees a lot better, but it's not going to change this year. So we're all going to complain about it no matter what. But the biggest takeaways from last year that were upsetting was the end of the NFC championship game. And they addressed that. I think the AFC championship game, there was a lot of chatter about the fact that we didn't get an opportunity to see Patrick Mahomes in overtime because they 
were and 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 listen, I told Jamie this before. Part of me, as somebody who grew up in a defensive city, says you t- stop them. You don't want you don't you don't you don't want you like you just have to go stop them. Don't let them score a touchdown. Yeah, they kick a field goal like and you're the, fine. The Chiefs were built all for sure, one hundred percent. You know, the other part of Which I get. wasn't addressed in that rule change I just talked about was passing or, or uh, personal fouls on the quarterback. Yeah. Roughing the passer was yeah. not addressed to be reviewable. And you go back to that AFC championship game. Where Tom you know, Brady, Brady the, got yeah. ridiculously. Phantom. Yes. Yeah. Phantom call. That bothers me that that wasn't put in there. Because you started the season last year, the first yeah. four or five weeks, and it was like, oh, my yeah, God. That's Clay Matthews. Then, uh, then it goes away for a while. Yeah. And then it kind of comes back. And then you get to the playoffs, they don't call anything. Yeah. Yeah. Until they do, yeah. Until they do, it was. I don't know. Yeah, that was, that's that a good one. That was the it. that was one of the other rules last year that I think was probably the most controversial, especially like you said, the first couple the of weeks was really bad for the first you know four to five six weeks. Oh, I want to protect the quarterbacks, but there's to an extent you can't take the pass rushing part of out, out of the game. You're you. you the and, problem is they they you always hear the way the rule reads. Well, the way the rule reads and the way the guys see stuff. Can be, it can be perceived so many different ways. Yeah, and that's what you saw the first four yeah. or five weeks, and then you hear this the explanation after the game. We drove him into the ground. Well, where's he going to take him? <laughs> and then you got the guy tearing his ACL trying not to. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. That, I think that they, one, I think, think should have. I don't know how you actually put that in the rule, but I think there's just there's like certain things that I look at and I go, just logically, it makes sense, right? Yeah, Whereas yeah. last year logically watching football and watching some of the pass interference calls that were happening or some of the roughing the passer calls that were At happening. At least we figured out what a catch is. Because we all knew what a catch was two or three years ago. The yeah. NFL had no clue. Yeah. The officials had no clue. Yeah. At least we figured that out. Yeah. At least we're the, the, that would be the one rule that I think you bring up a good point, Jake, that we didn't address. But the targeting stuff, I think we all knew where that was heading. It's, it's coming, yeah. um, the kickoff stuff, that's not a surprise mm-hmm. at all. The overtime, let's see what happens in May. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to Look, see this the same change. What you just said, stop them. Yeah, that's there's part you of me. You can't be an all offense team or all defense team and, and want to win a Super Bowl. No, that, it's, it's, there's part of me that says a complete team can stop somebody. Yeah, like and the Chiefs can complain, but the way the rules are, the way the rules are, all you have to do is stop them. You knew what the rules are going into that game. Yeah, and you couldn't. And you couldn't stop them. So there's nothing new. There's not, you can't go hindsight. Oh, we wish we would have had the ball. Okay, well, those weren't the rules going into it. Now, I do think in the postseason, I I don't like the fact that the coin toss is like the determining factor, right? It, it's that part of it you know, jaws it, it on me. It doesn't have to be, though. Yeah. You know, you get a good kickoff plan. You stop them inside the 20. They go three and out. You get it at your own 45. You kick a field goal. And you win the game. I, then, listen, I could argue both ways. Yeah. I could talk I mean, myself into both sides. We're, we're forgetting that Tom Brady played his ass off. Oh, in yeah. overtime. They also deserve, like, they played, oh, yeah, they yeah. deserve to win that football I'm game. Sure, yeah, they absolutely did. But I'm still of the mind that when you're talking about a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, I agree. a coin toss should not matter, period. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're all on a game with that. Yeah. I think there's, the, the coin toss scenario really sucks. So we'll... We'll see. We'll see what happens. May twentieth, spring meetings. We'll get. We'll get. We'll get some more indication into what the rules change. But I am thankful that we can now review pass interference because I have seen some atrocious non calls in the past last season alone. But it's. We'll see. I think. I think we're going to get to what Jamie alluded to. We're going to get to where if you, if you're a there's a reason that uh, the Adam Silver in the NBA now allow people to buy only the fourth quarter on NBA League Pass. 
Why? Yeah, they've been for a couple of years. Why? Because it's brilliant because gamblers, sports bettors, fan, like people that are interested, they only really need to watch the last quarter. And a lot of times it's because the last two minutes – Things shake out and take a long period of time. If the NFL gets to that point, it's it hasn't hurt the NBA. I don't think it's going to hurt the NFL. If it gets no, to that because point. I think more people want it to be right. Correct. Than how long it takes to get it right. I agree. We'll see, but it's not baseball. You don't, you don't going, have a pace of play issue in, in the NFL. It is what March twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. I will look back after week one and see. We'll bring up this conversation and go. How bad was it? Because I'm sure week one there will be oh, yeah. even the first quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a few things that are going to be terrible. All right, guys. Any parting thoughts on today's pod? So two things quickly before we sign off. One, we talked last week about how just kind of pay attention to the week ahead for Indianapolis and mm-hmm. that second wave. Yes. And, uh, Justin Houston is a pretty darn good piece for them. Yep. Uh, they signed another edge rusher as, as well. I, I forgot who it was, uh, but I mean they're starting to add those pieces now. Yeah. And two, At a nice price. Yes. Not overpaying. Yep. Fits what they do. Yeah. And two, um, I love the creative way that the NFL is making sure nobody talks about Robert Kraft to start the season by allowing the Bears and the Packers to open the season to the Super Bowl champ. That's that, a very brilliant take. Wow. I did not. That, that's the first thing I thought of. That that's, and it's, by the way, it's brilliant and they should because that would be the prevailing topic the whole time. Yeah. It wouldn't be Gronk's retirement, which Bobby, we should touch on. Um, yeah, we should touch on uh, that. It wouldn't be Gronk's retirement. It wouldn't be the Patriots dynasty. It wouldn't be how long does Belichick have. It would be, oh, remember all the Robert Graff stuff? So they said, you know what? That's going to get a little bit lost in the shuffle if they're just one of the 15 games being played on Sunday. We're going to have Bears-Packers, and it's the 100-year anniversary and all the other fun stuff. Yeah, they used, open the, the real reason now that I think about it, they yes. did this, is because of exactly Absolutely. what Jamie said. They're going to sell they us. They deviate from what they've been doing for 10 years just because they care so much. No, but they're playing up the one. God, Jamie, well done. Sniffing out the BS that is the NFL. Man, oh, man. They they, they really they're do have us. No, they're not they're dumb. They're not dumb. They're not dumb. And listen, as a Bears fan, it's only right that in the 100th season we get Bears-Packers. That's so a great game. Season. I'm excited for it. Yeah, but let's like, not pretend like the NFL just cares so much. Yes. Very, very true. <laughs> Moving on to Gronk and his retirement. Another retirement. We touched on Jordy Nelson, the greatest tight end in the history of football. Yeah. There's been some good ones. Big Tony Gonzalez fan. But Gronk is probably the greatest full complement, blocking, yes. receiving, impact. They never won a Super Bowl without Gronk. No. Uh, he was – He's an absolute beast. He, he played was. his ass off. He played through everything, and it finally caught up to him. We all kind of felt like it was coming because he yeah. just wasn't the same dude. Get ready for games like we talked about was killing him. But I personally want to see what's next for Gronk. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's already been called out on WWE, which sets up for exactly what oh, yeah. I was expecting, which is his WWE career. Um, I am entertained by Gronk, so yeah. whatever he chooses to be a part of next – I'm sure we will all be entertained yes. by and seen nonstop. Dude has fun. He lives life. Yes. Yeah. On you. you live life on the football field, the NFL, in a way that people will celebrate it, and you never got in trouble off the field with all the crazy crap you were doing. That's a, that's a thin line to walk, and he did a hell of a job of it. Well, the biggest scandal in the Gronk history was him dancing after a Super Bowl loss. That was the big scandal of his yeah. career. Yeah. was him dancing. Well done, Gronk. He liked to dance. Yeah. yeah. And I think for him, he had fun within the parameters, yeah. right? You know, it was funny because I forgot that he started that way. They, yeah. they went back and showed, like, the day of his draft with his yeah. brothers, and he's, like, screaming in the, in the camera. Oh, he's been, yeah, he's, he's been rowdy. He's, he's never just, slowed down, no. and I love it. And, and he's somebody that's been hurt for a while. He was hurt in college. He's yeah. been hurt a lot in the NFL. He I mean, plays the game hard. He does. And I think sometimes, I mean, obviously Jay can attest to this more than you and I can, but I think sometimes fans forget that, you're, these are human beings playing, yeah. 
and there's a human beings that have to get up in the morning, and there's a human beings that have not to not me, but big human beings. Yeah, yes. they have to get up in the morning. They have to get up in the morning and move around and live their life, and they have to consider, you know, what do I want to be in pain every single day for the rest of my life? When I've made a ton of money, I've won Super Bowls, I've done everything that's been asked of me. I mean, in all reality, Gronk is 29 years old. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and has another 40. Years he has a lot of life left to yes. live. He's so young, and he has so many things ahead of him and interests and yes. things that he's apparently he's been excellent with his money. Like he's he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants, and it's quality of life. Yeah, and and I think for him, he probably realizes as many injuries as he's had. Another back injury, another mm-hmm. concussion, another this. I mean, it's it's a huge difference in what the quality of your life is going to be like for a long time. Yeah. Nobody looks at 29 as being old in no. any other scenario except sports. But he's also – he's checked every box. Yep. He's won rings. Yep. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Yep. He, he's, he's made his money. And don't be surprised if he comes out of the WWE in week 12 to make a freaking yeah. playoff run with the Patriots. Oh, I, would it surprise me at all? Why play the regular season? You don't yeah. need him, right? Yeah. Let him – I nothing shocks me anymore in sports, so I will not be surprised yeah. to see him stay in good physical health. As long health. as Tom Brady's still playing, there's a chance. 100%. Yeah. The second Tom Brady's not there, that's a different conversation because we all know he's not – catching passes from anybody else. He's made that very clear. Uh, anything else, guys? Yeah, a couple of good pro days that, that just happened. I think okay. there could be some quarterback shakeups. I think we talk about it every year. There's no quarterbacks in the top ten. There's going to be three in the top ten. Yeah. I think there's going to be some trades going into this draft. So there's going to be some movement between four, five, six, seven. People coming up. Drew Locke looked really good. I mean, this is uh, – this could Just be, in time for John Elway to draft him. This, yeah. this could be really interesting. But – Quarterbacks get overdrafted, and they look good in their pro days, and I, I think it's going to happen again. And for those of you that are that are so inclined, uh, Kyler Murray is the overwhelming favorite in every sports book, minus five thousand to go number one overall. Wow! So if you don't believe the things we've been saying on the show, believe what the sports books are hearing. Now that doesn't mean he goes number one overall. The Arizona Cardinals just no, means he goes number one he overall. Yeah. So. Just take that, I, take I that for what it's will, worth. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think the Cardinals take him there. Even if they don't, the team that's trading up is to take them. Yeah. So, yeah. Take that for what it's worth, though. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, we got one month until the NFL draft. So, it's going to be, especially after these meetings, there's always some stuff that comes out of this because they've all been together for the last few days. They've all been drinking and hanging out and having conversations. And same thing that happens at the combine. Right afterwards, all of a sudden, you see a lot of movement because they've had these in person conversations. So, look. Look for the Friday news dump because there will probably be something that happens this week as a Friday news dump because it happens each and every year. Um, but how can everybody follow you guys? Go ahead. You follow me at JME Eisner on Instagram and at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Uh, and you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. And please leave us reviews on iTunes. The, we got a couple last week, so I wanted to say thank you for those. It's super helpful if you guys can leave us a review, give us five stars. It helps other people see our podcast. So we appreciate you, and we will find a way to get you some TD Fantasy gear at some point when we have it. So thanks for listening, and have a good week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.